Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to the 24th episode of Motown Philly. I am your host, Jason Hall, along with my co-host, Tim Golden. And this is a podcast where we put the spotlight on communication, connection, and community. And I am super duper excited about this particular episode. This is, We have a first. There's a first on this particular episode. And I'm overjoyed and bubbling about this particular episode. So I'll hand it off for Tim, to Tim for some gratitude. And then we're going to get right into our episode. Welcome, guys. Yes, welcome to all of our wonderful listeners. We are so grateful for you and the support that you continue to give us. As Jason and I like to say here at Motown Philly, communication isn't just what is said, it's what is heard. And if you're not hearing, that means that you're not listening. And if you're not listening, this podcast will not be successful. As Jason said, so so we are grateful for you. And we are also grateful for first today here on episode 24 of the Motown Philly podcast, where our topic today is the emotional abuse of men and communication part two. Last week, you all will remember Jason and I did part one. And the wonderful first today is that we have with us our first guest here on the Motown Philly podcast. She is Ann Silvers, and she is a licensed counselor and relationship coach living in Gig Harbor, Washington. She is the author of Abuse of Men by Women, It Happens, It Hurts, and It's Time to Get Real About It. And she is the author of 14 other books covering a range of self-help topics, including emotion, communication, and relationship skills, and partner abuse in all its forms and gender configurations. Please join with me in giving a silent applause wherever you are to the wonderful Ann Silvers. Ann, welcome to the Motown Philly podcast, and thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I feel quite honored and privileged to be here. Well, we are yes. we are honored and privileged to have you. So, and let's let's sort of get right down to it. I I came across your book, and and as I said a moment ago last week, Jason kind of interviewed me about the ins and outs of my TED talk, which was titled "Suffering in Silence: The Emotional Abuse of Men." And what led me to to sort of get familiar with you and your work is that I uh, became uh, I bought your book. And in buying the book, what I what I want to ask you first is, um, what led you to write your book, The Emotional Abuse of Men by Women? What was your inspiration for yeah, your book? And, and, and my book covers all seven forms of, of abuse, including emotional abuse. Okay. Um, and what people always ask me this, how in the world did you do? Because there's only like five books in the English language all over the world that, that are on the topic of women abusing men. Wow. And and so what happened was fairly, you know, 20... And, 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 excuse yeah. me, I'm sorry. Did you say there's, there's five? <laughs> five there's only, wow. only five books in the, in the world? Yeah. Yeah. It really hasn't changed much in the last, since I wrote mine. It was, there was around five of them kicking around at that time, four right. others, and there isn't many more. That is um, incredible. 
Yeah. That is that that speaks volumes. You know, there is actually a new book that just came out uh recently. It's more of an academic book and I can share the title with you in just a second. The title of that book is uh let me see here. It is Domestic Violence Against Men and Boys, Experiences of Male Victims of Intimate Partner Violence. Now, this book just came out, and I found out about it only because the author of it, Dr. Liz Bates, is someone from the UK who is the author, and she just published it, and she, she said she just got her copy. So now maybe including your book, there's six, but yeah. <laughs> that's not exactly, that's not exactly a ton of literature. So right. uh, I, I'm sorry, Anne, but go, please yeah. go right ahead. Yeah. yeah. And that's, so Liz, I know of Liz because yeah. there's so few of us in the world that are working on this topic of, of abused men that we are getting connected to each other. And it's still a small number, but I've actually worked on some. Uh, I've been working on a project with Liz Bates. Um, mm. That that's coming out this year, I think. So and and yeah, you mentioned it's an academic. She's she's a professor, so yes. her work yes. is academic. Mine, the project I'm doing with her is academic, mm-hmm. but the my, the bulk of my books, like the Abuse of Men by Women book, is is meant to be very down to earth, just no fluff get get the information to somebody lots of bullet points um that kind of thing um so how did i get involved in this so um i actually have a minor in women's studies but when i did my bachelor of science in psychology at university of washington i did a minor in women's studies around that time i went to china to attend the united nations conference on women So I have a background in being an advocate for girls and women. And when I started my counseling practice, because counseling is like my third career. Um, I have a career in in the science field and then I was a stay-at-home mom and, and then I wanted to go into counseling. So I went back to school to do that. And uh, when I started my practice, I had a male friend who was telling me his stories about how he was being treated by his wife. And I was really minimizing them in my mind and thinking, ah, yeah, okay. But it became glaring that he was being abused by her and and really emotional abuse, that kind of realm. And and so I realized, oh, this is a real thing. And I opened, basically my eyes were open. And, and that's something that has to happen if you're gonna see anything, you have to be willing to see what's in front of you and so then i started talking about it and guys just came out of the woodwork to tell me their stories i'd be at a party and guy and i'd say something about it and guys would come from the far reaches of the room just like talk to me and and so i heard a lot because i had an openness to hearing it and then i realized i had nowhere to send these guys i had nowhere to send a woman who was being abusive to get any help i I found the resources that are out there about partner abuse are so skewed uh, that presenting the idea that men are bad and so men do bad things to their female partners, that if an abused guy went there, he's not going to see himself. He's going to question himself more. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And it's just another layer of harm, I think. So Toni Morrison said something, and I can't I can't quote her exactly, but it 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 did haunt me. And it's something like if there's a book that you think needs to be written and it's not written, then you need to write it. Mm-hmm. Um so that's what I did. I I really was uh not anticipating that I was gonna be writing a whole big book, but I did. Wow. And um it's it, it has been a helpful resource. I, I do see it being very helpful to people and hear hear that back a lot. Yes, and I am so glad you wrote it, and I am so glad that you wrote it. Uh, thank you so much, Mike. I my question is, and as as you are where you are, how what is the funnel, if you will, of individuals who are coming to you look like? I mean, are they? Are they reaching out online, uh, of course, or and even if they're reaching out, how are these individuals who men who have been abused by women, like how are they getting that help that you just spoke about? And, and where is because there's there are clearly few who who are able to have a space to talk about these things. But where do you find where do you see them getting help for this type of abuse and the effects of it? Um, yeah, sadly, there aren't enough places where they can go and and get help because still there's such a resistance in 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 what I call the DV community. There's such a resistance to the idea that men can be abused by women. Mm. That um, there's there, there's actually something called uh, secondary abuse which is what a man can experience when he reaches out for help and he gets shunned mm-hmm. by the helpers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. He maybe gets put in jail by the police he's called to, to help him mm-hmm. or um, gets harm done to him or his cho- and or his children in the court system because mm-hmm. they, aren't, they aren't believing. Um, so unfortunately, there's, there's just... Uh, some good news. Okay. <laughs> some good news is that uh, my book is self-published, mm-hmm. but I have now sold the Japanese language rights to a Japanese publishing company. Wow. So mm-hmm. there's getting acknowledgement around the world Wonderful. Um, that this is happening. So there is there are signs of growth of understanding, but it's wow. pretty slow. Wow. And that is, you know, it's funny as I was listening to you describe what you uh, talked about when men reach out to the therapeutic community for help. I would, I'm, and they're told that they can't be a, a, abuse victims, that they can only be abusers. I thought about my experience because oh. that, that happened to me. So I was at the time it was 2015 mid to late summer of 2015 and I had decided that I was still married at the time and I had decided that I was going to be relocating Walla Walla and so in making this decision Jason and I talk about this a lot I said to him I say to him and it's a true story I I was so determined to get help because I didn't even know what what the emotional abuse of men was. Mm-hmm. And then once I found out about it and once I was able to give it a name to what I was feeling and what I was experiencing in at the time in my marriage, I I was so committed to getting help 
that I actually had a therapist here in Walla Walla before I had an address. Mm. And that therapist came, the therapist that I landed upon, who has just done a phenomenal job with helping me heal and move forward, came after about four or five interviews of other therapists when I was on more than one occasion told, I asked, I said, do you work with emotionally abused men? And the answer was, you can't be an abuse victim. Wow. Because you're a man. And this was coming from licensed professional therapists. And and that was, to me, that was just astonishing. It was, it was, it, it was a realization that I thought maybe only was my experience. But now listening to you say what you said, it sort of reminded me that I'm not alone in this and that there's a lot of inroads that have to be made, even within communities that are supposed to help people mm-hmm. yeah exactly i mean it's so bad it's got a name secondary yeah. secondary abuse secondary abuse you know yeah. and another question that i had for you is it, you mentioned working with uh abusive women and i know sometimes uh in relationships you know in the popular culture there's a there's a term you know, narcissism, it gets thrown around a lot. And a lot of people say things like, oh, you shouldn't say that without a diagnosis. But then there's other corners of the therapeutic community that say, you know, narcissists, one of their hallmarks is they generally don't seek out help in the first place. So there's very little reason to think that they would be diagnosed, right? Yeah. Because they're not seeking help because they don't think they need it. Um, so my question to you is, do you do you have uh, a lot of clients or do you have women reach out to you who think that they are being abusive to their uh, to the their male romantic partners or male relatives? Because it doesn't always have to be a romantic relationship, right? right. It could, it could mm-hmm. be abusive men from another a female relative, a sister, an aunt, a mother. So what's been your experience? Do you get calls from abusive women? Or, or, or women who think they are abusive. Yeah, probably not so much in that, in that, that they are able to frame it like that coming in. It'd be more likely a scenario where I, I find that, you know, sometimes anxiety can drive controlling and demanding behavior. Mm-hmm. So they might come in, <clears throat> pardon me, they might come in with anxiety and then we find out that this controlling demanding behavior is happening and then they have an openness potentially of, well, let's work on the anxiety and, and I help them own that the anxiety is theirs to solve. It's not their partner's job to do everything that they demand so that they don't feel anxious. Mm because they can mm-hmm. demand very unreasonable things and mm-hmm. it can come with this, you know, anxiety can drive this life or death thing. Like if I don't get this thing that I think I need, you know, I'm gonna collapse into nothing. And so how awful are you that you're not giving me this thing that I say I need? Mm-hmm. And it could be, I need you to do all the cooking and cleaning. <laughs> you know, it could be something very unreasonable. Um, mm-hmm. And the anxiety can create this life and death feeling inside. And, and when, once they own it, they can potentially change 
that behavior and be able to be more reasonable in the moment and have in the moments and have more give and take with a partner. So I feel like anxiety driven abuse is one of the areas I've had the most success with when I'm helping somebody who's behaving in abusive ways. Mm. Um, other other times, sometimes I've had, you know, sometimes it's a couple has come in mm -hmm. and she thinks that what's going to happen is he's going to get fixed and then life is going to be better right. uh, but it may well be that she's either the problem or part of the problem right. and um and then i've had situations where they come in as a couple you know he's done her wrong he really has like let's say he got caught doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing mm -hmm. and anybody would say you know that's that's a wrong thing Mm -hmm. But then she comes in saying, and so I hit him and I have to look her in the eye and say, like, so, you know, it's not okay to hit him. And mm -hmm. I've had women go, what are you talking about? But, you know, of course it's okay. Mm -hmm. Now we wouldn't, we wouldn't say it's okay for a guy to hit his right. female partner just because he found out she had an affair or, you know, whatever the, the wrong might be. Mm -hmm. Women have no more right to do that then then a man has the right to do that say that louder for the people in the back and true, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, a great test for is is there a, a is there an abusive woman is if we flip the genders would we say that thing is okay would we mm -hmm. say what she's doing is okay if we flip <laughs> the genders yeah I, I believe I, I that's so interesting and true at the same time you know, and as I studied you and 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 understood a lot about kind of the angle that you're coming from, I I I've looked at you as kind of like a referee to help swing the pendulum back to the middle. And as you are attempting to do that, and Tim and I want to get behind you and want to help you champion this cause and get this language out to the culture like when tim was searching on the internet like he he had these feelings and about what was happening to him and it was only till he started to to key in keywords that he found the language to express what he was actually feeling which made it a phenomena a phenomenon that he can then start to address my question i guess what I'm trying to get at. So that's the whole, I see the, the movement and I see us getting the language and having the conversation so that we can then grapple or wrestle with what, what, what we're talking about today. I want to go a little bit deeper into the, into the thought of what we're talking about as to I, my understanding from, from what I've heard from you you know, the patriarchy or just the understanding that the one of the reasons why there's such a vacuum, right? There's such a vacuum about what this is. And, and it's because culturally, uh, societal, like traditionally, like, like there's been a disconnect when it when it has come to men being able to express themselves to talk about feelings to talk about emotions to be ident to identify what is wrong or right um this thing is this thing is real and it's ingrained and with the evidence of five or six books and no help for men like 
these are both these are both human beings whether male or female that are having a human experience and it's been one-sided for a for forever in that in this particular realm like yo abuse can happen both ways it might manifest itself differently what are you doing to kind of in your work to kind of help like as you work on the micro work on the macro at the same time well it's an interesting question because it brings so talking about working on the macro um so in washington state here we've been working on trying to push forward a bill uh, that would establish a washington state commission on boys and men and would it would address the ways that boys and men are struggling that people are just blind to mm -hmm. they're they're either purposefully looking away or they're just they're looking in the direction and not seeing or or they're not caring but i there's beginning to be more empathy for males so that's another piece is we've been missing empathy for males mm. and more likely to be empathetic towards females and just like i say be blind or walk away from guys who are hurting and so in washington state if we manage to it and, and the bills right now before the wow it's it's moving it's it's been submitted we're stuck in that the committee chairperson who gets to say yes or no to whether it moves another step is not saying yes or no so we've got like two weeks to get a yes out of him in order to have for the bill to have a chance and if mm -hmm. we do it we'll be the first state in the country wow. to have uh, this type of commission on boys and men mm. um so that that's what that's that's what i'm working on on the macro right uh, i am working, cool. and the books are the macro the books are that and then i've been working like i said with with liz bates i'm i've been working on a project with her and a couple of other uh professors from different corners of the world mm -hmm. that uh, are working on a project about abused men um hmm. wow um, and that is that is so powerful you know the powerful thing about politics and jason used the terminology macro and micro I, I'm a, I'm as much of a philosophical nerd as Jason is a communication nerd. So when I think of macro and micro, I think of the universal and the particular. And the powerful thing about legislation and and the powerful thing about what I like to call the political is that every legislative action on a macro level begins with a particular story on a micro level. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if the stories of people like me and other men who find themselves abused and be and as jason pointed out so nicely unable to communicate that to others are sort of absorbed into the macro uh macro verse or the the universal by these wonderful actions that are being taken so count me in and on helping with that initiative however mm -hmm. i can and I, I have I have a question for you that I think is is really important. And because on we live in a world of love, love it, love it or hate it. We live in a world where social media influences practically everything we do. Yeah. And so much on social media is about the extremities of issues like this. So there are there are men 
who there are women who think that all men are no good and then there are men there's this red pill community the MGTOW movement and other things who men who just frankly they just come across as not only extreme but they come across as bitter and resentful and that sort of thing and that's something that i have a actively and through through jason's help because as you know and we don't we don't improve or heal solely with the work of our therapist right yeah. our therapist helps us but my therapist has always encouraged me to lean on my close friends and family and it's really a collective endeavor this healing thing it, it has been for me so but what i what i'm interested in is how how do you counsel an abused man to the point where he can heal from his abuse and be have a healthy disposition toward women and not a disposition toward women that's driven by bitterness and anger and hostility because you know the old adage hurt people hurt people right so how do we how do you how do you work with men like what what kinds of things do you do to encourage them to heal and get well all the while acknowledging their abuse but at the same time guiding them down a road where they can move forward without doing harm to someone else because they're still holding on to bitterness and resentment from their prior relationship yeah well it's a big question mm -hmm. uh, uh number one is me being able to acknowledge their experience I think that a lot of the bitterness is is driven by that the, you know they've been beating their head against the wall people are resisting their story people mm. are you know keep keep sort of throwing it back in their face you know well it really must be you that's wrong you know, that's one version or another version they get is just people um you know telling them to go back into the lion's den um, so I think that a lot of the frustration that, that, that then drives the, the bitterness is about not being, not feeling heard. And so then there, you know, one of the things I say in my, uh, I, I teach listening skills. And one of the things that I say is when there's a great drive to feel heard, when we don't feel heard, we'll say it again. We'll say it again while yelling. We'll say it again while, by putting our, while putting our, our fist through the wall. We'll say it again while crying because there's this great drive to feel heard mm. and there's a communication skill to learn that's effective listening mm -hmm. you know first of all you have to be willing to hear what and, and create an environment for somebody to feel safe to say what they have to say and then and then listen effectively to them so i've uh i think that's so key and um and then not shocking uh, I, I feel like the, the men who are bitter, um, yeah, they're they're potentially inoculated against having another successful relationship. They also aren't serving the their their goals well. In that, then they when we come across um, aggressively because we're upset, people back away from us. And so it makes it harder for those who might be helpful or might open up to helpfulness, they're backing away. Um, so it's, it's important to try and, I, I've struggled 
in that I haven't fit in with the the angry men um, and I haven't fit in with the DV community. And so I'm just kind of doing my thing, <laughs> trying to help and, and it's slowly, slowly growing. So well, that's I step one is to feel heard. And then for me, it's, it's working on the man law stuff, the, the man laws of don't talk, don't feel, uh, don't um, certainly don't express your pain be able to fix everything yourself um so working on on showing exposing how destructive these man laws are and mm -hmm. and helping build men build emotional intelligence helping them learn how to identify their feelings and express themselves to themselves and then and then with tact to other people yeah uh, you saw a big head nod from both Tim and I when you said when we when Tim and I or like the mantra of who we are, communication, uh, connection and community, like some people. Well, one can think that that's just an outward expression of what we do to people. I don't think we can. Tim and I don't believe that we can be fully healthy and whole until we get the communication, connection and community inward so that we can begin to express in a healthy way outward. And yeah. those three systems are very important for us to find understanding, authenticity, um, uh, just our self rapport, if you will. Uh, those are very, those are things that are very crucial to just, you know, just to begin the healing uh, process and go through it. Uh, my question to you, so there's a lot of questions as we're talking that are sparked as Tim talks, as you talk, um, and I'm gonna try and make this a non-twofold question. Okay, but so I get my pen out in case it's a twofold question. <laughs> just in case, just in case, because <laughs> I, I I want us to I want us to talk not necessarily not just about I'm gonna ask you about micro abuse, but then I also want to ask you what is the manifestation of abuse when men? Because I heard you talk about. Like when it comes to like some 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 effects of abuse, it can lead to depression and depression doesn't look the same and in males and females. And then it can create a cycle because the male come, becomes more apathetic and then he gets more abuse. That, so that's one avenue. So that's the second one. The first okay. one is like, what about this thing? I, I feel that there's levels to everything, right? Mm -hmm. Do, is there do you consider that is there such thing as micro abuses that happen over time that could leave a male listless or numb to like what is what is life like what is going on um like where where am i almost type type deal because no one knows language for 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 we're talking about emotional these are these are this is abuse that doesn't leave visible scars tim talks about it in his ted talk like everyone pays attention to the things that you can see especially if it happened to women you can see a black eye and you know you can see bruises but when this thing happens when it comes to males it's like oh you're a male and oh you're being abused and oh it's emotional like it's all these different hurdles or barriers to getting to the root of it what is micro abuse like, is there such thing as micro abuse that leads to just further and further, like, whoa? Yeah. But well, one of my guys uh, calls it a death by a thousand cuts. Mm hmm. Uh, Estelle Perel talks about that, too. Oh, OK. Mm -hmm. And and so I think most things belong on a continuum. 
from from zero to you know some continuums are like zero to awful 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 <laughs> okay. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so everything that we might consider a potentially abusive behavior has its own continuum from from not at all abusive so healthy to extremely abusive so mm -hmm. if we take something like yelling okay mm -hmm. is that if we take something like yelling you know mm -hmm. yelling uh watch out for that bus mm -hmm. uh, before you step in front of the bus not mm -hmm. at all abusive right right and then we would move to the awful awful would be yelling name calling you know very belittling 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 mm -hmm. um stuff and um you know we could add all kinds of things mm -hmm. you know maybe mm -hmm. in front of your children or your friends and you know there's 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 degrees so mm -hmm. on this continuum there's points along the whole thing mm -hmm. of getting more and more so you know we might get to halfway and now the behavior is abusive mm -hmm. and then we still got lots and lots of points before we get to the awful awful mm -hmm. so something that might go in the middle would be so you um you know once in a while yell at your partner really abusive uh uh language demeaning name calling that kind of thing so you're moving up mm -hmm. and then frequency mm -hmm. can be something that adds to the degree of abusiveness is do you think abuse like abuse could be considered like neglect or rejection oh yeah oh yeah there's a, there's a lot of different forms and actually every form uh there's a lot of subtypes mm -hmm. of of abuse and I and what I call seven forms. So the seven forms are uh physical, sexual, financial, legal, spiritual, emotional slash psychological, and verbal. Mm. Those, those seven. Yeah. Okay. And, and so but every other form, even even uh financial has a has a emotional component to it because it is tugging on you emotionally and psychologically mm -hmm. um, causing stress points and, mm -hmm. um, and all the other ones also have an emotional component so there can be also another continuum about abuse and now this is an aggregate okay. so the more abusive um, behaviors that are coming at you that's going to increase the degree of abuse that you're dealing with and and the harm done you know so sometimes it's a terrible thing that happens once and that's that's enough to be like you're way up there on the on the having been the target of abuse right um, i by the way don't call men victims of abuse i i grappled with other language because i don't think men identify with being victims um so target <clears throat> target of abuse uh is one term i've i've come up with mm -hmm. um and I don't call women perpetrators because they don't identify with that. Um, and I, and I call them uh, abusers or, you know, they've acted in an abusive way, mm -hmm. you know, try to come up with the source of abuse, mm -hmm. um, different language to make it more palatable that people might hear it. That's interesting. That's interesting. And, and then you talked about male, I'm, I'm glad you brought up male depression, um, because we have in the psychological field defined depression by female terms and i have a blog post about this that i just put up recently uh where i go into the history of all of this and how this happened but the bottom line is 
you know, women might go to, it, it, depression is about uh, emotional pain that you aren't dealing with, weighing you down in some way. So a woman might go to bed and sleep and, and be lethargic, fatigued, that kind of crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we define depression. But a guy might avoid his emotions in a different way. And they might be even culturally sanctioned ways for guys. So it might be numbing out by obsessively using video games or um, obsessively focused on sex or uh, relationships Mm -hmm. or workaholism could be a manifestation Mm -hmm. of depression. None of these always, but but sometimes. Um, And so we're missing depression in guys. And one of the ways that I know that uh, this is true that we're missing um, depression in guys is 77% in Washington state, 77% of suicides are male. Nationally, 80% of suicides are male. Wow. Males are the majority of what we're calling deaths of despair. So mm-hmm. in deaths of despair, we're calling, we're, we're including suicides, opioid deaths, uh, other drug abuse uh, overdoses and alcohol-related deaths. Majority male, up around the seventy percent for each of these, and and so how can we align that with people saying guys don't get depressed? Mm. Guys do get depressed. It looks different in how it looks. They turn to drugs. They turn to alcohol. Um, they they give up on life and i like to call men in that condition the walking dead there there is this many men die twice mm-hmm. their, their physical mm-hmm. death is often a belated pronouncement of an emotional and psychological demise after which they are still able to function at a very high level they're able to work they may even have career success they may continue to provide for families that give them virtually nothing in return. And we don't recognize the death because as Jason said, it's not physical. And we, we have to, I think, get past this privileging of the physical because so many of the symptoms that men suffer when they are emotionally abused are symptoms that society has decided are manifestations of laziness or indolence or a lack of ambition you know nothing destroys a man's ambition quite like depression which can result from unhealthy relationships so i'm i'm so glad that you pointed that out and and i i want to talk a little bit about spiritual abuse and one of the things that i thought was so compelling about your book is in you you have a section uh well you 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 have a section called why men stay and one of the things that i i realized in my experience about why i stayed was the overwhelming pressure from a religious community uh, christian a conservative fairly conservative protestant christian community that says you can't get divorced except for adultery and this you know this denomination this religious persuasion has not really done a particularly good job at helping emotionally or physically abused women 
So if we haven't done it for women, how much mm -hmm. less likely it is that we've done it for men? And there were a couple of things that stood out for me in your book. You make the statement on page 96. I think it's very powerful. Spiritual leaders may willingly or unwittingly become part of an abusive woman's schemes to control, demean, or punish her partner. Wow. And, and then you tell the story of a man who was emotionally abused. This is coming from page 97 of your book. And when he told his wife that he wanted a divorce, because he had had enough and moved out of the house. You write on page 97, she went, this is what his wife did. She went to their church elders and harassed them with her many distorted stories of his wrongdoing and insistence that they step in. Worn out, they capitulated and called the estranged husband in for a meeting. They told him to do whatever she asked of him. They were not interested in his side of the story. He was shocked and dismayed and mm. i am mm. confident i am that i when i read that in your book i thought to myself has ann silvers been spying on my life <laughs> does she does has wow. she looking into me i mean what in the world it, it so resonated with my own experience because bible verses were used to tell me that uh, my body was not my own and that if I didn't lose weight to make myself more sexually attractive to my wife, I wasn't doing my duty as a husband. And, and now not only am I suffering from the abuse in the marriage, now it seems as though there's an entire community who has a misguided understanding of marriage, a misguided understanding of sexuality in marriage, a misguided understanding of relationships. And now, and then you tell me I can't get divorced mm. un unless my spouse has committed adultery. And now I feel trapped. And, and it, for me, it was that feeling of being trapped that led me to being just about within 10 days or so of taking my own life. Wow. I was ready to kill myself because I thought, well, if I stay married, it's an awful situation. And if I get divorced, the stigma is going to ruin me and brand me with a scarlet letter that's going to forever prevent me from any meaningful community and fellowship with these people who I have come to know and love over the years. And so the only way out of the pain was to end my life. Mm. Um, could you could you talk a little bit and about how dangerous spiritual abuse is and and what it can do to men in Christian? Yeah. yeah, because spiritual abuse goes to the core of who you are and and how how you see the world. So when you get faced with that disillusionment of these people aren't aren't helpful to me these people aren't on my side um that disillusionment uh really boggles the mind um i had my own experience <clears throat> where i was very committed give me a second sorry <clears throat> i i was uh, well i'm gonna try water <laughs> <laughs> I was very committed to a religion for a long time. 
and I had an experience of disillusionment with it. And it was so mind boggling. My mind went around in circles for several months trying to figure out, well, well what do I really think here? And, and I realized I couldn't figure it out inside the system. I had to, um, I had to detach mm -hmm. from that system. Yeah. And I, and at, at that point I was like, I don't know what I think. I don't know what I think or believe at this point, but I know this isn't okay what I'm feeling and, mm -hmm. and this turmoil I'm in. So I'm just going to step out, you know, stop attending. I let go of all of my positions kind of one by one. I felt like, well, maybe if I let go of one, I'll, it'll give me more room to figure mm -hmm. this out. And I, and I got to the point where now I got to let go of them all. I got to stop attending. And then like within a very short time of being outside the system, I was kind of like, okay, all right, now I get it. <laughs> now I've figured it out. And about three months later, I was like, yeah, okay, I've, I've really figured this out. And, um, but it's, it's that, that it's to the soul of you, you know, it's to the core of you, that challenge that you are going through when it's your spiritual community, um, showing itself as being different than you believed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're, when your spiritual community is a community that has, layers of other identities like racial identities mm -hmm. and cultural identities and customs and traditions that are so powerful that weigh so heavily on you as identifying part of who you are that to me is is part of what makes the spiritual abuse really bad so i just want to thank you for addressing mm -hmm. your book because it, it was very liberating to find out that I was not crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, was a, that was a liberating moment for me. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of what drove me to write the book is I see how freakish men feel who are being abused. They feel so isolated, so alone. I'm the only one that this is happening to <laughs> mentality. So it must be about me. Um, and then for them to read the book, I have many, many men say, uh, were you a fly on the wall in my, in my marriage, <laughs> my relationship, just like, just basically like, like you did because, and what I want guys to know is this is so common. These oh. themes are so common. This is happening in so many relationships. And that's why these men's stories resonate with so many other men. Yeah it's it's so common but it's yet so unheard of at the same mm -hmm. time disbelief yeah. and incredulity is just like like um, what are you talking about and then the, like that secondary abuse that you that you two both spoke of is is can be so real and palpable and even after you hear it later it's just audacious like really like that's what happened but mm -hmm. yes um I think this conversation and 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 what and what you advocate for uh, the abuse, the emotional abuse of men by women, like I think it's as Tim said, as you're coming on, it, it's so for our time now. But mm -hmm. I feel like there in so many ways we're we're so far behind at at the same time. I I guess my I want to ask you, and when you talk about real time, 
Like, I think there's a cultural zeitgeist that that can, if we're unaware, that just kind of falls on all of us. When you have individuals that maybe pop in and pop out of your life or you create uh, new relationships with or, or the existing relationships that you have and you hear language that doesn't support a male, like how do you respond to a woman that um, thinks or responds in ways toward to men, whether they're in that relationship or whether they, they might, could be a friend, that shuts down a man's um, ability to share his emotions. What do you? What can we say? What do you say um, to an individual, to a woman who's like, eh, like, you know, to champion whatever cause, or he needs to be like this? When we're in a time and a day and age where it's just like, let me tell you how I feel or what you did makes me feel. How do you help another? How do you help women, if you will? kind of understand we should be more open to allowing uh, these conversations to happen from guys. Well, there's some that simply can't hear it. It doesn't matter what you say. They're not going to, they're not going to hear it. Um, hmm. I, I think that one of the major things I think where we are experiencing a shift, we've had more uh, growth in empathy towards men and recognition that women can be abusive in the last year or so than I had seen prior. So last year, big movement. And mm -hmm. I put it down to the Johnny Depp story that mm -hmm. we talked about social media a little bit earlier. So mm -hmm. that, that, um, that that relationship came into our living rooms mm -hmm. and we heard both sides. And I saw <clears throat> on Twitter, I was very active on Twitter around around the story because mm -hmm. I got interested in researching it before the trial. Mm -hmm. um, and so I saw this shift happen in real time mm -hmm. where people who were uh, just had sided with Amber because she was a woman mm -hmm. uh, started to open open their eyes to the reality and became totally on Johnny's side because mm -hmm. they witnessed it. Mm -hmm. And these, a lot of these people were women who are, had been abused by male partners. And mm -hmm. this is a, this is a group that it's really important to see that shift happen in them because they can make a difference with other women who have been abused because that's who are, is driving a lot of anti-male stuff that we, mm -hmm. um, we come across. Mm -hmm. So there is a shift happening and those women have definitely some of them have been attacked by mm -hmm. other women i've been attacked by by women on twitter mm -hmm. um but there's also more women who are supportive and, and a lot of men on social media are going oh thank goodness thank you thank you thank you i was telling tim last night about what you're speaking about today I watched that same trial with the awareness like I like a, that I like to think I have about men and even knowing Tim and his situation. I didn't look at that case as closely as I should have. And I didn't see it all the way to the end. But let me tell you what a what a fact was in my head and my heart. I thought he did everything she said he did. And that wow. yes, yes, everything that she said he did and that he was at fault. And it wasn't because I listened well is how it was positioned. 
and how I've been, like I said, culturally tra trained to be yeah. like that. Cause I heard some stuff that she did and I heard some stuff that he did. I even heard the, the, the line where she's just like, I hit you and who's going to believe you. And I was just like, ah, her little hits are nothing. And I was just uh, like, that's so not right. And I was just like, he, he needs to do better. That, that's what, just wrong. But how do you, that, that, but that, that umbrella, we walk under that. Like it's time for, how do we get out of that? I guess just continue the conversation. I don't know. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Continue the conversation and, and individual men being willing to hear other men's stories and not discount them automatically. Like not everybody who says something happened is telling the truth. <laughs> uh, the same is true whether women are telling the story or men are telling the story. We have to use some discernment to figure out what sounds like it's true here. What we don't want happening is a prejudice, like the prejudice of uh, women are only victims of men. Men are bad, women are good. Mm -hmm. and these prejudices that women tell the truth, men lie. We have to be able to step out of that in order to have the room for discernment about, okay, what seems true here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, and wow. You, and you, you bring, you have brought such value to the Motown Philly family today. I, I am just, I'm just elated that you are here um, for this. I for for us for this conversation for us today for our listeners, and I, I have one question, and then I want to. I have two two questions. Um, I'll try to uh, see if I can make them fairly quick. Um, the first question is, what do you what do you have to say to a man who is listening? to this today who is in a difficult situation or perhaps a woman who knows a man who is in a difficult situation right so i guess what i'm trying to get at is what what words could you impart to our listeners today to help them to recognize the emotional abuse of men by women and then to do something about it what would you what words would you impart to our listeners in that in that regard uh education Ed educate yourself um be willing to hear men um let go of the idea that men should not be vulnerable and should not express their vulnerability create an environment in which a man can do that he can okay. he can talk to you like like it is um and you know so educate yourself get get my book or, or if you don't want to do that go on my blog annsilvers.com know you on ann and uh put abuse in the search bar that's for the website and it'll populate with a bunch of articles um so that's you know, education mm. education and openness and and examine your own um confinements about uh, what a man should be in terms of this man laws that i that i mentioned question your your belief in that man should men shouldn't have emotions men shouldn't talk men should um not have any fear 
uh, or vulnerability. Men should be able to fix everything themselves. You know, question how is that, how is that um, working in your life to maybe undermine a man's ability to feel and express his feelings and be uh, heard? Um, those are some things that, that come to mind. Wow. Wow. That is, that is great advice is practical advice. And it's something that I think our, our listeners will be able to use. The other question I have and, and, and Jason, I'll give the, the last actual question to you, uh, if, if you want it, but I, I'm curious to know, and would it be okay? Jason and I have a Facebook group for our podcast, the Motown mm -hmm. Philly podcast facebook group and i i would love to share uh, the link to your website in with our with our members podcast members ahead of the time when our when this episode is actually released which will probably be sometime on sunday or monday and and so would it be okay if we went in into our podcast facebook group and shared your your information there would that be okay? oh, great yeah i appreciate right. it wonderful yeah. wonderful and uh, thank you so much jay do you have any more questions i mean i have a ton <laughs> of questions for this 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 it, this could interview could go on for another yeah. two hours but yeah. unfortunately we have some limitations that just means that we have to have you back and yeah um, yeah that'd be great yeah. and we yeah. will uh, we will look forward to that but Jason, any any other questions from you? No questions. Just 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 uh, just words of gratitude and thank and thankfulness uh, for you coming on Anne and uh, us being able to have this conversation. It's a small conversation, and uh, we did the best justice we could in the time that we had. But Tim is right. We we hadn't. We we're just scratching the surface. We really wish. We really hope that you can come on again, that we can continue to talk um, about this topic and, and even about communication. That's kind of, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, that's that's definitely my jam. And I know that communication just helps to unlock like proper, effective communication just really helps to unlock us from the inside out. And it can allow us to have better quality of life and better relationships. So, um we're where i could speak for tim i'm we're very super excited and thrilled that to have you on to have this conversation to to make the awareness of an emotion the emotional abuse of men by women uh to push that out there and the conversation forward so thank you yes thank you, thank you. Thank and on behalf of our listeners who i know are going to glean a ton of great insights from this I hope that I'm hoping that some of my pastor friends are listening. Uh, I, I hope that some of the folks in, in our religious community really take to heart this notion of spiritual abuse, especially as it applies to men, uh, because I just I just think that so much of what you had to say today was was so good and so practical for our listeners that uh, I, just, I just again, I just can't thank you enough for the value that you have added to the Motown Philly podcast. So thank you so much. And, and we look forward to having you back again. So we will be in touch for sure. And where, where, where can we find you? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah. AnnSilvers.com. No E on Ann. And, uh, so I've got lots of blog posts, uh, my books. I have, I have 15 books, everything from full size to very, very quick reads. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I write about what doesn't work in relationships and what works in relationships and, and cool. individual life as well. So. That is that is wonderful. And so and all of your social media links are accessible on your website, uh, ansilvers.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, and thanks again. Welcome. Welcome to Motown Philly. You're only a visitor here once. So now you are officially part of the Motown Philly yes. family. Awesome. I'm and, thrilled. And, and we are just delighted to to welcome you to this space. And and again, thank you so much. And to our listeners out there, I'll just say on behalf of Jason and Ann, you're welcome. Because <laughs> this episode is going to be fabulous. Yes. So thank you so much. All right, guys, we're out. You guys know where to find us at, too. Uh, yeah. Jay, go ahead. Where, where can they find? Tell us where they can find you. You can find me at The Speaker's Mechanic on Instagram. That's where I hang out mostly. Of course, you can find me on LinkedIn, Jason Hall, Communication Skills Coach. Facebook, Jason Hall, Communication Skills Coach. You can also find me on Twitter at Jason Hall Speaks. And Tim, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at A Good Golden Man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden in Walla Walla. Three things in life are certain, death, taxes, and I'm the only black man living in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. I guarantee it. I'll go out on a limb and make that prediction. So thank you all so much for being such great listeners and such a wonderful community. Please keep coming into the Motown Philly podcast Facebook group. Keep sharing. Jason and I be on the lookout on Instagram. Jason and I will be going live to try to promote this episode and all the other great stuff we have coming up. Looking forward to next month where it's heart month. It's Valentine's Day and all of the wonderful relational stuff will be on the table and we've got some good stuff coming next month. So thank you all so much. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will we will be talking to you again next week.